0: Uh, if you hear some rattling, I do have a cough drop in my mouth. I'm having big-time throat issues today with the allergy, so I'm apologizing right now. So yesterday it came down about 2 o'clock, somewhere around there. I'm uh, Snoop, I was sitting at Chick-fil-A with Charlotte. She was playing on the playscape at Chick-fil-A. When, uh, I felt my phone buzz, looked at it, and saw the release from uh, the University of Texas from Chris Del Conte that the program had parted ways with Chris Beard, that he had notified Chris Beard that he was being terminated effective immediately there's a number of different ways we can look at this uh and i know people have their opinions on how this process played out did chris beard deserved the right to due process was was it was due process done uh, was this move made in haste was it just the court of public opinion putting pressure on texas did texas do their independent investigation and just didn't hear what they wanted to hear uh as niner minor says on the specs text line texas is going to regret this move that's that's an opinion that's floating out there too but i'll say this This is just my personal opinion. I found it very hard to see how Texas was going to be able to move forward with Chris Beard as their basketball coach for a couple of reasons. Number one, the situation itself, uh, either either way you slice it, no matter what side of the fence you're on, either way you slice it, it's a bad deal. Either everything that's in that police report is true, which in that case – You shouldn't be coaching at Texas or or anywhere until you get some things straightened out. Number one or number two, the fact that uh, as a basketball coach at Texas, if it went the other way, the fact that you put yourself, you were in a position to let something escalate to that point, which it's in his contract. It is in his contract. If you are charged with a felony and he was arrested and the charge is a felony, it's felony family violence. You can be terminated. And my opinion on that is simple. If we can't hold college coaches, basketball coaches who are making $5 million a year, if we can't hold them to a higher standard and expect their behavior to be at a certain level at all times, then then what are we really doing? So this was a tough decision for Texas to make, uh, but you've got that part of it to consider. You've also got the part to consider, let's say you you are of the mindset that, hey, this needed. To, let's see if the district attorney decides to – followed through and with charges and and wants to pursue this you know you can take it to trial and see what happens and if you did that who knows how long that process is going to be and at that point you're holding the basketball program hostage because in the day and age of the transfer portal and name image and likeness and one-time transfer and oh, and by the way you probably got the NBA about to redo the collective bargaining agreement where you're going to do away with the one-and-done rule. That's what everything I've read, heard, all the speculation is. When the next CBA comes up, they'll do away with that rule or high school kids will be able to jump straight to the NBA once again. But yeah, the, 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 that's the thing. That's a misconception some people have. The one-and-done rule is not an NCAA thing. It's it's in the NBA collective bargaining agreement. It's a deal between the Players Association and the league. So know you know that. So you got all these things changing uh, – and even if Chris Beard were to be found innocent or something down the road happens where he was exonerated, you would have done there's a really good chance that you would have done untold damage to the basketball program at that point. And basically forget starting from scratch, it's I don't want to sound too drastic and say it's the equivalent of a program coming off the death penalty, but you you would be in an uncertain situation until that thing is resolved. So there was no easy way that this thing was going to end. Nobody nobody was going to be satisfied. 100% of your constituency was not going to be satisfied regardless of what the outcome was. So, just set that off to the side. My reaction yesterday when all this came down. And and honestly at Horns 24/7 we had heard some some rumblings, you know, late Wednesday, early Thursday that that something might be getting ready to come down, but I mean you hear you know how it is, Snoop. You hear scuttlebutt and rumors and innuendo all the time, and, and you know what do you really do with that? You, you take it kind of with a grain of salt at times. But there was some, and and you know we even mentioned in the Insider yesterday that things looked like they might be getting ready to to have some sort of resolution. Uh, but you don't, you just don't know. You don't know if it's going to be that day or a couple of days later or what. But it was yesterday. Yesterday was the day. In my reaction, Snoop, it was just. I'm genuinely sad for everybody involved. Uh for Chris Beard, that's a man with with daughters. Uh that's a man who obviously has some things to work out with his fiance. Uh I'm sure his ex-wife is going to want some answers. Like there's so many things to deal with that Chris Beard has to deal with beyond basketball right now. Like take basketball out of the equation. There's so much stuff that Chris Beard has to deal with. Uh sad for he and his fiance that this this situation, whatever it ultimately ends up being, that it's having to play out in public. Uh, sad for again Chris Beard's family that they're having to deal with this. Sad for the players at Texas, that you know guys like Marcus Carr and Timmy Allen that could they could they could be playing pro ball overseas right now and, and making a living playing basketball. They put that off for a year because they trusted Chris Beard, trusted the process, trusted the culture trusted the word of the man they came to Texas to play for, and that man is gone. They're going to have to finish out their last season at Texas with Chris Beard watching on the couch and not being a part of the basketball program. Uh, I think when you have coaching changes, Snoop, and you have things like this come up, we often think about the head coach, but the people we don't think about, there's the assistant coaches. Rodney Terry and Chris Ogden left head coaching jobs to come join the staff. Bob Donawald has coached in the NBA. He's coached overseas. He's coached professionally. Uh, he could he, he has a number of
1: opportunities. Yeah, Coach, Bo, uh, Coach Hogden has a son, Bo, who plays at St. Michael's.
0: Yeah, he, you, all these assistant coaches that uprooted their families because they believed in Chris Beard and the direction this thing was going and the opportunity at Texas. Uh, their futures are uncertain. I mentioned the players. Man, support staff, trainers, graduate assistants, analysts, recruiting coordinators. All those people that are on kind of the lower end of the pay scale, but that they put their future in Chris Beard's hands, their futures are uncertain. I'm sad for the Texas fans because for the first time in a long time, you could you were you could legitimately be excited about the direction of where Texas basketball was going. This team, Snoop, you saw him up close and personal. This team's got the pieces. They got a squad. The pieces are there for this team not only to get to Houston in the Final Four, the pieces are there for this team to cut down the nets on a Monday night. that That's the kind of roster the Texas has in place. Think about a guy like Dylan Mitchell. Five-star guy, going to be an NBA draft pick, could have gone anywhere he wanted, but he came to Texas because of the vision Chris Beard sold. Came to Texas to help guys like Brock Cunningham and Dylan DeSue and Timmy Allen Win a championship not to say that that can't still happen but what's the future what's the immediate future for those guys what, what are they thinking right now the players staff the support staff coaching staff the fans uh you know and, and this is the Texas fan base now that has to feel like their their chance to have a national championship caliber program the reset button has been hit on that nobody knows what the future's gonna hold so it's for a lot of different reasons it's sad for a lot of people involved, and that's something that's not going to go away. But hopefully, hopefully, uh, the team has a game tomorrow. Craig is on his way to Stillwater. 10.30 pregame tomorrow here on the Horn, 11 a.m. tip, Texas at Oklahoma State. Thought about this from a couple of different angles, Snoop. You can think about this from the standpoint of if Chris Beard's fired, man, maybe this team finally does just go in the tank. Uh, or what I'm thinking might happen, and I'm leaning more towards this. When again taking the Chris Beard situation out of it, where now we're talking about just strictly the basketball team. You've got enough veteran guys on this team that have played enough basketball, and the the vibe with this team. If you're around them for any amount of time. You get the feeling like these guys genuinely care about each other. They genuinely like being around each other. The camaraderie, the chemistry has been really good. That's why they haven't imploded to this point. There's a chance this could galvanize them. They're sad that Chris Beard is no longer going to be a part of their basketball futures, but at least they've gotten, I don't want to say closer, but at least there's, there's some finality to this. Like, okay, there's no more speculation. Chris Beard is gone. He's been fired. He's not going to be your basketball coach. You're moving forward with Rodney Terry now as the interim head coach, no longer listed as the acting head coach, he's now officially the interim head coach. Maybe this galvanizes them and we see Texas staying in the Big 12 the race for a Big 12 title all the way through the end of the season. Again, 16 more conference games, got the conference tournament, the NCAA tournament, and I have every reason to believe this will be a team that's in there, that they're in the thing in March with a chance to get to the second weekend for the first time since 2008. But maybe tomorrow that can be kind of cathartic for them. That can start the healing processes when they get on the floor. And again, when you're on the road, when you're playing games on the road, more often than not, if you if you got anything about you as a team, you've got that us-against-the-world mentality anyway. So maybe this galvanizes that group and they can move on, they can move forward and for themselves make something positive out of this.
1: Well, they're going to have a chance to prove it. I mean, if they have 16 conference games left,
0: I mean. And like we've seen, Snoop, we talked about this after the K-State loss, there's no, there are no easy games in this league. Like, you know, winning on the road is really hard to do, as we did. we did saw Texas do it against Oklahoma. And guess what? Oklahoma lost the other night. They lost to a top 25 Iowa State team that's really good at home. Iowa State, they, they should get credit for that. Uh, Baylor Baylor's 0-2 in the league. Like, who would have thought that would happen? You know, TCU's 2-0 in the league. They, they went to Waco and got themselves a win the other night. So this is a top-to-bottom. It's the toughest, most competitive league in college basketball. Every night's going to be a tough night. And if you don't have – your stuff together upstairs, let alone things together on the court, you could be in for a really rough night. Uh, let me let me take uh, excuse me. Give me a breaking news sounder, yes. please. Oh, oh, yeah, oh, oh, we got oh, some football yes, news coming down. Uh, I mentioned that I've heard this uh, from my sources that there was a pretty good chance that this was going to happen. A better than a better than fifty fifty chance. This is where things are leaning. Uh according to Pete Thamel at ESPN, uh Texas wide receiver Jordan Whittington plans to return Yay. to the Longhorns for a fifth year in twenty twenty three. He's an honorable mention, all big twelve selection this season, uh sixteen career starts, one thousand two hundred fifty two total receiving yards, and is considered top leader on the Texas offense That is especially true with uh Roshon Johnson not coming back so according to Pete Thamel and we'll see at Horns 24-7 if we can track that down if we get something a little more official uh from the school or from Jay Whit himself uh Pete Thamel reporting that Jordan Whittington is coming back for the 2023 season so
1: I, I like your pregnant pause
0: I did that on purpose <laughs> <I like> that. <laughs>
1: that, it wasn't very long but it was enough to affect me
0: you think the pucker factor was real with some people that were listening just now?
1: I did. I, I mean, you stopped talking. I looked up like, Whoa. I wonder was. How long are you going to keep the silence? And literally the silence was a second. <laughs> yeah.
0: So let's, uh, yeah. So we'll, we'll get to that a little bit later. I do want to finish my, my thoughts on, on oh. the basketball situation. Um, so again, tomorrow again, 10 30 pregame with Craig and Eddie from Stillwater, uh, 11 o'clock with the tip and Craig is on his way to Stillwater right now to get ready to call that game. Uh, so you, we talked about the, the Chris Beard aspect of it, the team aspect. Now what's the next step? We've got to talk about Snoop. Anytime you have a coaching change, what's the next conversation that's going to come to the forefront? Who's going to be the next head coach at Texas? I did the, filled out the code with the help of the Horns 24-7 staff. I didn't do this by myself, um, but my even though my name's on the byline, did the coaching hot board, filled that out uh, yesterday and posted that at Horns 24-7. And, and we'll add names. We'll take names off. This thing will be fluid. But there are five names on there. Uh, one of those names, and I listed them in alphabetical order, so if you go to the site and you check out the hot board, you say, well, why is so-and-so at the bottom and so and so at the top? Candidates are listed in alphabetical order. Uh, Rodney Terry is one of the five. And so to your point, Snoop, about 16 conference games left, Rodney Terry has 16 conference games, the conference tournament, and the NCAA tournament has basically a de facto job interview. Like if Rodney Terry takes his team to the Final Four, it's gonna be really hard to move on from that. You know? And I I think right now, I I know this might sound like I'm talking about both sides of my mouth or, you know, sounding hypocritical or whatever. Take it however you want. But aside from Chris Beard's situation and the situation that got him so fired, I do feel like the basketball culture at Texas is a good culture. Like I said, I think the relationships between the assistant coaches and the support staff and the players I think all of that stuff matters. And I think all of that stuff is really good right now. And Rodney Terry is a really big reason why your two five-star signees, A.J. Johnson and Ron Holland, Rodney Terry is a big reason why those two guys are, as of right now, in the boat with Texas. Now, that could change. Those guys definitely have professional opportunities that they could pursue. But at the end of the day, Rodney Terry, your your lead dog on the recruiting trail, uh, he's going to be involved in every big-time recruitment you've got. He was on Rick Barnes' staff, went to a Final Four, Went to a couple of elite eights, another sweet 16. Uh, you know, took Fresno State to an NCAA tournament. I know his record at UTEP is not great in uh, three seasons. He was 37 and 48. But at the end of the day, Rodney Terry's got a chance to stake his claim that he should be the full time head coach. He's going to have a chance to do that. The other candidates I mentioned, and again, Specs Text Line is open 337, 3776. are rolling we'll, in. We'll, yeah, we'll get to some of those. <laughs> I, I see some names popping up. Uh, and, and we'll get to some of those. But here are the other candidates uh, in alphabetical order. Royale Ivy is a name that we put on the list because he at least got his foot in the door last time with Chris Del Conte. I do think, though, the thing that hurts Royale the most is when you look at Chris Del Conte's other hires, including Chris Beard. Whether it's Andrew Floreal, Vic Schaefer, Mike White, go down the list. Those coaches had success at Power 5 programs, Power 5 slash Power 6 programs, before they got to Texas. They had some skins on the wall. With Royale, you would be doing uh, basically the thing Michigan's done with Jawan Howard. You would basically be hiring guys. And by the way, Royale Ivy Snoop, once this NBA season's in the books, Royale will have more seasons on an NBA bench as an assistant coach than Jawan Howard. He'll have one more than Jawan Howard did. Now, you talk about Jawan Howard's playing career, it was longer than Royale's. But at the end of the day, uh, Royale has have plenty, have plenty of experience at the NBA level. You know he's going to have the support of the Marcus Aldridge and Kevin Durant and TJ Ford, guys that he played with. He, he's coached Kevin Durant at two different spots. So you think about all that with Royal Ivy, he's going to have a lot of support, just I think the lack of Power 5 slash Power 6 head coaching experience I think is really going to hurt him. Next up is the guy who I think, in my opinion, truth be told, uh, this is the guy I wanted when Texas was getting ready to move on from Shaka Smart. Had things worked out differently, like had Texas not made the NCAA, if, if COVID didn't happen, let's say Texas doesn't make the NCAA tournament in 2020 and Shaka Smart is dismissed at that point and Texas moves on. My number one candidate at that time over Chris Beard was Eric Musselman at Arkansas. And you look at what Eric Musselman's done in Fayetteville, taking on Arkansas to two elite eights, the most by far, the most success Arkansas has had as a basketball program since the Nolan Richardson era has been under Eric Musselman. Uh, he's won the two stops he's been at in college, went 110-34 in four seasons at Nevada. He's 85-30 in his fourth season at Arkansas. Again, two Elite Eight appearances with the Razorbacks in 2021 and 2022. Took Nevada to a Sweet 16 in 2018. That was the year in the first round they beat a Texas team with Mobamba on that team. Uh, that got into the tournament, played a really tough schedule. Uh, Texas was up big at the end of regulation. Nevada ends up winning that game in overtime. Uh, Eric Musselman was the head coach of that team. Here's the interesting thing about Eric Musselman and why I think he is a legitimate candidate for this job. Number one, I think we're going to see at some point the search will – at least as of right now, the, the the indications I've got, the search is going to trend in a direction where I think Eric Musselman is going to be Chris Del Conte's number one target. At least that those are the early indications that that's what's going to happen. Uh, the search will eventually point to Eric Musselman in some way, shape, or form. That's number one. Number two, and I think the biggest thing, when you look at his contract, his buyout's only $2 million through the end of next season. So the buyout is manageable. So I think one of two things is going to happen with Eric Musselman, either – He's going to see the pack. And, and everything I've heard, Arkansas fans, if you're listening, everything I've heard from all sides on this deal with Eric Musselman, he is beyond happy with the setup he's got in Couldn't be happier with with how things are going on there. You know, he he had a reputation at Nevada, and he's done this at Arkansas, of building a program through the transfer portal. He's also shown he can recruit at a really high level, sign the number two ranked class in the country in 2022, including a couple of guys that Texas would have really loved to have had in Jordan Walsh and Anthony Black are on his roster right now. So Eric Musselman, he can put a roster together. He can recruit at an elite level. He's an offensive genius, and I don't say that willy-nilly. Willy, nilly. Like Eric Musselman really is one of the top offensive coaches, maybe the top offensive-minded coach in college basketball right now. He'd put a style on the floor that I think is really fun to watch. You've seen how he's re-energized that Arkansas fan base. I think he could do the same at Texas, which from that standpoint, it's going to be really tough to find somebody who – does that part as well as Chris Beard did it. He was a perfect fit for Texas from that standpoint of just being a guy that understood the dynamics, understood the task in front of him, but did a really good job at energizing this fan base, getting Texas fans excited about basketball. But Eric Musselman, uh, the fact that I think he's really high, if not the top guy on Chris Del Conte's list, and the fact that his buyout is more than manageable, either Texas is going to give him a lot to think about and he ends up being really interested in the job, or he's going to get a really, really nice raise from Arkansas to stay there. If you're looking – now, Musselman's 58, a guy that's 10 years younger staying in the SEC that I think has a chance. that If you're looking for a guy that could be the head coach at Texas for the next 10 to 15 years, Nate Oates at Alabama – I think is a really good option, and he's on our coaching hot board. Uh, You talk about a guy being able to thrive at a school where football is king. Uh, He's won an SEC championship at Alabama, a regular season and a tournament championship. He's taking Alabama to the NCAA tournament. Uh, He's got Alabama ranked seventh in the AP poll right now. Two wins over number one ranked teams in the poll this year. They beat North Carolina when Carolina was number one. They beat Houston when U of H was ranked number one. Here's the, the big obstacle with Nate Oates. His buyout. He signed an extension in 2021. The buyout, Snoop. If he leaves after the season, it's almost ten million. It's it's a, li- oh, it's well. a little north of nine point eight million. But since you fired Chris Beard with cause, even if that thing goes through litigation, if you don't have to pay Chris Beard anything, I, the money's not going to be a problem for Texas. If they decide that Nate Oates is the direction they want to go, they can make that happen. Does Nate Oates, who's got a really good thing going on in Alabama, does he want to come to Texas for most likely one season in the Big Twelve and then jump right back into the SEC? That that for I think for Musselman and for Nate Oates, I think that could be really tricky knowing that your first year, your rebuilding year, your reloading year is going to be your last year in the Big 12, and then you go to a league where you already know the dynamics. That's really interesting. And the fourth candidate, don't laugh. We put Jay Wright, the retired Villanova head coach, on our hot board. Number one, he's a free agent, so you have to include Jay Wright. And number two, I've heard way too much smoke around Jay Wright to think that Texas isn't at the very least through back channels if they haven't already, they will reach out to Jay Wright and at least gauge his interest. At Because I think, Snoop, you got a guy with two national champions. And if you're Texas, you got a lot to sell Jay Wright. Now, here's the thing with Jay Wright that's in, that's interesting to me. He's uh, in his entire career. He was $100 million. As a player, oh, an assistant no. coach, as a head coach, he's only taken one job outside of the Eastern time zone in his career, he was an assistant under Raleigh Massimino for two years at UNLV. It's the only time that Jay Wright has been outside of the Eastern Time zone. But when you talk about Texas, you got a brand new arena, brand new practice facility, great recruiting base. You've got NIL advantages at Texas that you didn't have at Villanova that you won't have at Villanova. Uh, you know, you, you've got a chance to come in and, and revive this program, take it to a take it to a different level, a level where Rick Barnes had it at one point, a level Chris Beard was trying to get it to uh, that it hasn't been since the the heyday of Rick Barnes. So there's a lot, I think, that intrigues, that should intrigue Jay Wright about the Texas job, but does he want to coach is the big thing. It is, is what Texas can offer financially in terms of infrastructure, a recruiting base, all that stuff that Texas offers, is that enough after one year to bring Jay Wright out of retirement? I think Texas is at least going to make that call. If not... CDC or Jay Hartzell themselves, back channels, they're going to – I've heard way too much smoke to make me think that they're not going to, at the very least, put out feelers to see if Jay Wright is interested. So there's some candidates. Again, Royal Ivy, Eric Musselman, Nate Oates, Rodney Terry, Jay Wright are the five that, that we've got up at Horns 24-7 right now. Eric Bossie, our National Director of Recruiting at 24-7 Sports, put up some more candidates that he believes Texas should consider. Tony Bennett's on that list, the head coach of Virginia. There's a couple other candidates on there. Uh, and we'll get into some stuff on the Specs text line as we go on throughout the show, 337-3776. Again, if you're just tuning in, the news that broke, uh was well, about 10 minutes ago, uh, Pete Dammel of ESPN reporting that Jordan Whittington is coming back for the 2023 season for the Texas Longhorns. That is so huge, and we'll get to that uh, coming up here in just a little bit. but Jay Witt. Now
1: I, back. Now I love Jay Witt, bro? <laughs> <laughs> I do. I, you know, like, I, I, I'm legit. I thought last year before he got hurt, I was like bulletin because he was going off.
0: so anyway,
1: not to rhyme.
0: Snoop's holding up just like Alfred Collins being the number one pick. He's holding up for Jordan Whittington <laughs> being, being in the mix for the yeah. Uh We'll talk about Jordan Whittington's importance to the Texas offense coming up in hour number two. But, Snoop, it's Friday. So oh, what's that mean? Man,
1: we getting so flaccid. Are y'all ready?
0: Flaccidity. We'll, we'll be running a <laughs> Let's month. Let's hold hands. Because we're going, well, you you can if you want Nothing wrong with that. But
1: <laughs> The most flaccid. We're
0: going to the most flaccid state in the lower 48. We're grabbing that low-hanging fruit from the state of Florida on a Friday. An inconceivable here on Light the Tower. On the Horn, live locally.